I'm speaking now with RJ Krishnan of Wasatch. Wasatch are the manager on our emerging market equity fund. RJ, hello to you. Hello, Chris. It's uh, good to be here. RJ, I wanted to start by talking about India, because India's the biggest exposure that you've got in the fund. And in a different way to other central banks, uh, the Indian Central Bank has recently cut its interest rate to its lowest level since 2010. I wondered how that had impacted on the companies you invested in India. You know, we've been invested in India for over 15 years. So we have a long history and understanding of the market. And it's our contention that India is in the best position it's been in the last 15 years. And and there are a number of reasons why uh, that is the case. And, and that's why it's reflected in a high weight in our portfolio as well. So if you look at uh, some of the challenges that India has faced in the past, it's been high inflation, a weak currency with a poor uh, current account deficit. All of those things have changed. Uh, India imports a sizable amount of uh, oil to the tune of $120 billion each year. That's roughly 6%, 6.5% of GDP. With oil prices having been cut in half, the Indian government has got a windfall of you know, 50 to $60 billion, depending on the price. And, and that is substantial for a country the size of India. India also has benefited from a good monsoon season. And why is that important? Because most of the agriculture in India, which is about 18% of GDP, is rain-fed agriculture. So when you have a good monsoon, which it has had for the last two years now, it bodes well for uh, lower food prices and has a significant impact on inflation. So if you look at inflation in India, it's come from 9%, 9.9% three or four years ago to under 5% today, which is a substantial move. If you look at foreign exchange reserves for India, it's now the highest it's been in a long time. It's north of $320 billion. Uh, again, a sizable number for a country the size of India. So all these things point to the macro situation looking really good for India. What's been driving that idea? Is, is that because political change and political stability has helped create a, a better growth profile for the country? Definitely. It's the, it's the change in the political climate, if you will. If you look at India, there are two intractable problems that India has faced with for a long period of time. Uh, one is poverty and the other is corruption. This in, is the first government in the last, I'd say since the 1970s, that has shown the willingness to tackle both these problems head on. And it's worth going back to, you know, maybe about uh, nine months ago, in November, December last year, when the Indian government pushed forward the the demonetization program. Sorry to interrupt you, but by demonetization, you mean when the Indian Central Bank and the Indian government stopped the use of high denomination banknotes? That is correct. And it was uh, a move to basically uh, remove the undocumented currencies that was in uh, in the system. And that was creating the corruption that you referred to earlier? Absolutely. And uh, I, I think that was a masterstroke. It took a lot of courage. Because the initial impact was quite negative, wasn't it? It, it ground everything to a halt. India is, for the most part, a cash economy, and people were concerned how this would uh, play out. But I think this current government is taking a really long view. Uh, he's willing to risk short-term perturbations, uh, if it is for the greater good in the long term. And I think that's something that governments haven't, uh, the stance that they haven't taken in the past. So I think that's that's a huge positive. And in terms of the companies you're investing in, does that mean that they feel more confident about their prospects and therefore making better, more secure, longer term investments? That uh, is definitely true. But uh, I think the more immediate impact is on the banking system. What this uh, demonetization move uh, has resulted in is a lot of liquidity coming back into the system. So people who are keeping money in cash in their homes or wherever have now had to declare it and put it into the banking system. 
for the first time in a long time, the Indian banking system is flush with liquidity. And the rate decreases that you've seen is basically a function of the liquidity-driven event. Uh, yes, the government is also helping, but it's primarily driven by the banks themselves who are saying that we have so much money, now we have to lend. That creates a, a virtuous cycle because now the borrowing rates come down, companies and individuals can invest and, and buy goods and services. And I think that's a positive for the economy. So you raised a, a very important question because people are concerned about you know interest rates rising in the U.S. and, and the impact. What we've always maintained is uh, that you have to pay attention to what's happening at a local country level. You know, India is in a rate-cutting cycle. Mexico has been cutting rates. Brazil has been cutting rates. So it's it's not a direct correlation with, you know, that uh, rising rates in the, in the U.S. will lead to rising rates in uh, other parts of the world. But I wanted to ask you about Mexico, and you mentioned it a moment ago, because obviously post the election of Donald Trump in the United States, there was a shock in the Mexican stock market, and, and you've cut the fund's exposure to Mexico back by a considerable portion how are you feeling about the current economic prospects in Mexico? Extremely good. So, yes, we did uh, pull back our Mexico weight, mostly as a risk adjustment uh, mechanism, because at that point we weren't sure what the outcome would be, how President Donald Trump would move forward with some of the programs that he talked about during election. As it turns out, uh, it was mostly talk. The renegotiation of NAFTA didn't happen. Building the wall hasn't happened yet. So I think the the bark was worse than the bite if you will. And Mexico has rebounded significantly after that. The currency has stabilized and has actually strengthened after that initial spike. We look at the companies that we own in the portfolio that are reporting earnings. In the most recent quarter, the two airport companies have reported earnings north of 30%. Pinfra, which is a toll road operator, has also reported earnings north of 25%. Alsea, which is a restaurant company, has reported earnings 15%. And the bank that we own has reported earnings of 19%. So seeing a really strong pickup uh, in the Mexican economy. The other thing people haven't paid attention to is all the reforms that the Mexican government is enacting as well. You know, so they've liberalized the uh, energy sector, which is going to provide a big boost to the economy that had been mired for the last three or four years. And now they've moved forward by releasing a number of the uh, blocks to uh, European companies, which I think is a positive for the economy. So all that we read in the newspapers about the, the problems in the Mexican economy are, are, are not being seen by the, the underlying companies that you invest in. It, it sounds like a very positive story. Yes, our companies are doing quite well uh, because they have, uh, you know, idiosyncratic drivers. You know, we're, uh, the two Mexican airports that we own, they are benefiting from the the overall growth in the uh, Mexican economy and the fact that penetration of air travel is a fraction of what it is in uh, Western countries. So there's significant headroom. And, and we try and identify those unique factors in different countries where we can sort of go past the, the macro headwinds if there are any. And right now, from a macro standpoint, also Mexico looks good. We've only covered two countries, but these are two key parts of the portfolio. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today, RJ. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. 
Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.